Welcome to the Seek Go Create podcast. My name is Tim Winders, and I'm a coach for business owners, executives, and leaders, and author and the host of this podcast. And also, my wife and I consider ourselves nomads, and we currently travel, live, and work in our 39-foot RV. Today, as always, I, as I've said many times, I so enjoy getting to talk to people like I am going to be talking to today. In fact, just last night, I, I went to bed and I told my wife, I said, you know what, I've done some research on Mary Pat, and I am just excited to talk to her. I get to do a podcast interview in the morning, and that's just the way I feel about this. I actually, the process I go through, and some people I, I know well, some people I don't, Mary Pat and I have interacted before we knew each other around 12 to 15 years ago, briefly, in some circles and business people that we interacted with. And I spent about an hour or so a few days ago doing some research, and this is going to be so much fun. We have Mary Pat Kavanaugh as our, as our guest today. She's an entrepreneur, business owner, passionate connector. She works with business professionals to cultivate bold strategies and intuitive leaps that translate to real-world growth. But like I always do, first of all, welcome, Mary Pat. Ah, thank you. This is fun. <laughs> and the the thing that I like to do first before I do anything else is I like I like to read the bio and listen. You've got I could I could keep going on and on with all your accomplishments and things you've done, but what I really like to do is just say what do you do? Give us your elevator pitch as we get started. Mm. So um, I'm not sure if you're going to circle back around to what I claim to do online, but I'll tell you what my mission is. And, and this has been true for many, many years, decades, in fact. My mission has been, since I was an adult, to, um, this sounds a little woo-woo, but to really be like the moon shines, reflects the light from the sun onto the pathway. And my world has been very much about being a reflection of you and your greatest gifts and helping reflect that back into a specific, clear, tangible plan or pathway so that you can have a greater impact for whatever it is that you are meant to do. And um, so really, I have a hard time taking credit for a lot of what I've done because it's just that reflection. Um, my, my mission for the last 25 years has been about empowering my four daughters uh, to, to have an impact, a positive impact in this world. And now that my girls are age 16 to 29, mm. um, they're most, they're mostly adults. They're mostly living on their own and, um, and doing that work. And I realized that in this last year or so, my mission has shifted to be able to empower the younger generations with information about leadership and really leveraging their skills and their strengths as the next generation of leaders so that they can have an impact um, faster, faster than ever before, because that's what we need right now going forward is high impact leaders. And it's this next generation. It's not us old people. I mean, we're not old, but mature. We're um, mature. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But so my mission really is shifting what I have successfully done with my kids, although you're never done with your kids. And doing that, utilizing all of those skills that I got from parenting, from leadership, from running nine different businesses, from moving around the world, um, from embracing technology and globalization and so many different things. And now taking that and helping this next generation of leaders do a great job and feel good about it. Yeah, I love, there's one word I'm just going to kind of pick on, and that's the word impact. You said impact multiple times. And I think that's where that really resonates with me is that how can we have impact? You, I think you may know this, but we are first time grandparents, our, our oldest, our daughter. I didn't know that. Yes. We are, we are grandparents now, which just, let me go ahead and prep you game changer. Okay. Everything changes. And, uh, and part of the reason I remember, you know, a little over a year ago thinking about doing a podcast and part of it was legacy impact and a lot of the things you're talking about that as we, I won't use the word older, as we mature, we are maturing Mary Pat. So, you know, related to that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hit a lot of different angles here. And I think I've told you, I spent about an hour doing research and kind of prepping for this. And, and it was, it was fascinating for me because you've got so many different things. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but the first thing that I want to do out of the gate that to me, I think is so critical in the times that we're in. I just want to, I just want to let people know we are recording this in the spring of 2020 and it may be released later as we get to summer. I don't know exactly when the release date will be, but there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of challenges, and we're not going to spend a lot of time with the specifics so that we don't date, but we're going to talk about some foundational principles. And one of the things that I saw you post on LinkedIn was how do you define success? And I think it was related to a lot of what's going on, possibly, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but I've been wanting to ask people this question on the podcast. How do you define success? What are some of the nuances? What are some some of the layers of success for you and your life with the experience you have and where you're at now? Mm, that's, I think it's such an important question because there's so much out there about success, how to be successful, uh, what it takes to get successful. And the truth of the matter is success is a very personal thing and it's different for every, it's as different as our fingerprints are. And um, so trying to become something that somebody else is will never get you there. Um, and also thinking that success is a destination. Like I am so successful right now. And have I stopped? Not at all. So for me, success is about freedom, which is another key word that I think is very personal to everybody who uses it. And so success for me is freedom to choose to be where I want, when I want, how I want. And in light of where we're at in this particular moment, which will probably be a much bigger moment, <laughs> or it'll, it'll be a long lasting moment, I don't see it going away quickly, um, I still consider myself successful. I feel good about where I'm at in this moment. I feel good about what I'm doing. I feel really good about where I'm going with all of this, even though I have no idea what that looks like. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so. changing. I was talking to someone recently, in fact, earlier, you know, I we're leadership, we're coaches, and I've got clients that are just being decimated with a lot yeah. that's happening. And so we're 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 adjusting, we're pivoting, mm-hmm. but that that success is such an important thing to define. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's very important important to us right now. Next thing I wanted to find out is where are you physically? We're bouncing around a little bit here before I start. I want to start honing in on leadership. So for mm-hmm. those, folks, those folks listening in, uh, Mary Pat has a wealth of leadership and, and, and strategy that we're going to discuss. But where are you? I today live in a village called Salt Hill, um, uh, just on the edge of Galway on the west coast of Ireland. Wow. Now, there's got to be a story behind that. You didn't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to Ireland or like us, we're going to live in an RV. You know, this is very interesting. I'm from the front seat of an RV. You're in Ireland. You know, we've got audience all over. But tell tell mm-hmm. a little bit of that story that you are willing mm-hmm. to share with us. because You bet. You bet. So I am first generation Irish. My father moved to America during the Vietnam War. Um, If you're familiar much with Irish history in the United States, um, the Irish used up their opportunity for visas, I don't even know, during the depression maybe. Um, But the United States only, they cap, there's a capitation on how many people they allow in from different countries. And the Irish used up their, their max many, many years ago, decades, 100 years ago maybe. And so you had to have a gimmick. And during the Vietnam War, the gimmick was, we will take anybody who will fight for our country, denounce their citizenship, and go into the military for three to four years minimum. And so my father did that because in the 60s, um, in Ireland, it was poverty stricken. It was not a third world country, but it was not a thriving community. They were um, still struggling. Their history had only... Um, with their civil war in 1916 to 1922, they did not have um, the stability or the success of breaking away from England and Great Britain. And so um, my dad was number eight out of nine kids. And he had an older brother who had already done this and a younger brother who followed him. So these three brothers did the same pathway. So from the time I was born, my Irish heritage was just in me. I was so excited. When I was six, we came and spent a month here in Ireland because in the 70s, you didn't just fly over and fly back. And um, as a teenager, I had planned a trip to Ireland for my high school graduation. And my grandmother, who was not doing well at the time, said, nope, you can't come visit me. I'm not up for visitors. And then she died right after that. Mm. So um, a few years later, I was gifted with the opportunity to come here for a summer. And Mm. I loved it. I was living in Dublin with my auntie and my granddaddy. And they didn't know what to do with me. My auntie is a nun. And they kicked me out of the house every single day. And I discovered this new city that had history Um, different than I had experienced before. It was, I came from 
Southern California, where if something was 20 years old, it was old. Mm -hmm. And then I was living in this country that was celebrating their millennium, a thousand years. And I went into this um, exhibit from the Vikings and the exhibit hall was in the basement of Christ Church in Dublin, right on the river. And they didn't, they only dressed people up. The building was the same building that was a thousand years ago. The walls were the same walls. The crypts were the same crypts. The, this was amazing. I did not know that this was what history could be. And I never liked history. I didn't really care for it. And then I was in this historical place that was mesmerizing. Like the closest thing I could relate it to was Disneyland. Because (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny. (laughs) It's in my limited experience that, I mean, there was castles and that was the closest thing I had had. And so I always dreamed of going back and I've been an entrepreneur by accident um, my whole entire life. And a number of years ago, I was, I went through a really rough patch about 10 years ago and it lasted for a number of years. And I came through that and realized I'm done waiting for some day to get here. It is time for me to start planning what I need, like my own success needs to happen and it needs to stop waiting for me to be with the right person, to be in the right place, to have enough money. Like these things, I'll, I've, they've escaped me so many times throughout my whole entire life. I need to figure this out. And I was going to be turning 50 in a few years and I decided for my 50th, I was going to move to Ireland and I didn't know how I was going to do it and I didn't know what it was going to look like and I thought I wanted to be in Ireland. Um, A side note, I had not been back to Ireland since that summer. So So that's how many years, what was the gap there? 30 years. Wow. 30 years in between. But the moment I decided that this is what I was going to do, things started to fall into my life. And it wasn't like, oh, here's enough money so you can afford that. It was the assistant I hired who wanted to work for me just to have some camaraderie. It wasn't for the money, which was good because I was hardly paying her anything. (laughs) She would remind me, is this decision in business going to help you get to Ireland in two years? And I started having these people who would act as advocates for me and my vision Um, because I, I'm not great at advocating for my, I can advocate for everybody, but for advocating for myself is a real struggle. And so people started advocating for me and reminding me what was important and long, long story short, here I am. Wow. And you say you've been there a little over a year now. Is that correct? I I moved here um, in February with my daughter, who was 15 at the time. She had been struggling in school. Um, One of the things that I most remember about 
the last time I saw you in person, Tim, and your wife was that your children were also there. And mm. I, we were at a business event and my, I think it was the business event that my 10 year old, I was homeschooling her at the time. And just, I was struggling with that child at the time, which means it was 12 or 13 years ago. <laughs> and, um, and I was so impressed that your family was here and you were exposing them. And then shortly after that, I saw not just you guys in your entrepreneurial journey, but um, I think it was your daughter who also launched a business or something. And I was just like, wow, kids, look at this family over here. <laughs> we need to do what they're doing. So, um, so, so yeah, we moved here. I grabbed her. She came with me. She was angry. But if you ever had a 15 year old daughter, they're just angry anyhow. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to make her angry for me moving her to another country and see how that goes over. Um, and we did. And um, the older three girls all have their lives mostly handled in the United States, all in different cities. And so um, we came here. And we came here um, thinking we were going to move to Dublin. But that was the beginning of February. And at Christmas, I threw my annual... Uh, Christmas Eve, Eve of Christmas Eve party and had some friends come over and they said, we have a friend over in Galway. And I said, yeah, I've never been to Galway before. I, it's the West, I've never even been to the West Coast. I'm looking at Dublin and I'm pretty aware that they have a housing crisis. So I can't get a home until I have actually landed there and moved in. So um, I... We moved here, but that Christmas party, I had a friend who said, let me just call this person. And they called and said, my friend's going to be there. She's going to stop in in Galway. We need you to put her up for a week or so. And he was like, fine, whatever. Long story short, which I keep saying that. I need to say a new way of doing that. <laughs> we, um, we moved here to Galway. We'd never been to Galway before, and we haven't left. Wow. Well, I've heard wow. it's beautiful. I mean, there's so much there. And listen, it's pretty obvious to me from listening to you that you purposed to do this, but yet yeah. there's this also this hand that is probably assisting and helping and and things like that. So I think I think that's really cool. And and actually, I think just saw your daughter go through there. So she's doing well now. She's yes. enjoying it, having fun. It yes. Yes, she is. It took us, um, it took me telling her, honey, this is the right place for us. And you may still want to go back to the U.S. to hang out with all your friends, but, and you can, but we're going to continue living here for the unforeseeable future because it's right. It's right for us. And she cried for two days and then her whole world changed. And now she's planning on going to university here and she loves it here and she has friends here. And so the not knowing versus knowing is really powerful um, when you're a yeah. child. Well, no, when you're a, a human. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a human because, you know, like we've said earlier, as we're recording this, there's a lot of people that are, are not knowing and, and that's yeah. going to be interesting for people. I want to, I, I want to, ask a question related to all that you just said 
because I think I read it in something or either when I was reading it, it's this word that came to mind and the word is lifestyle Mm -hmm. because we are entrepreneurs. We're wired. uh, Most of our audience is most likely entrepreneurs. There's some people in ministry and, and, and some other areas, but, but they're entrepreneurs. And many times as entrepreneurs, I notice this about myself. And if this is you, you can say, yeah, or no, I don't, whatever, is that it's, is that I find myself working towards a destination instead of enjoying the journey. And I am looking towards arriving at a place instead of enjoying the little things along the way. And to me, where we are at right now with society, culture, the world, what you just did takes courage, bravery, purpose. And, you know, listen, I, I know because we're doing similar, you're still figuring it out as you go along, most likely. Right. Uh, if not, if you got it figured out, you can tell us how you did that. But how important is lifestyle? And especially speak to it for, for those of us that have been entrepreneurs, business people for many, many years. Because to me, it right. seems like you are putting lifestyle, how you live your life on a much higher level than maybe you used to or at one point mm-hmm. did. Absolutely. Um, I've always been committed to lifestyle and early on. So my entrepreneurial career was by accident. I didn't mean to be a business owner. Uh, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs or business owners. We come from a family of workers. So, um, I accidentally, well, I married somebody young who was, who did have some entrepreneurial spirit and vision and that kind of ignited me something that I didn't even know what it was. So I've been an entrepreneur, like I said before, I've owned nine different businesses. My current business I've owned since um, the turn of the century, you might say. So 20 20 years, 20 something years now. And um, so I'm committed to it. And lifestyle is everything. Like it matters what I do in a day. I, I realized early on that what, motivates me and fires me up is not the same as everybody else. Um, And keeping my family in a holding pattern, waiting for someday to get here, almost didn't seem fair after a while. I do have a history. It's kind of a, a personality trait that I've tried to change in myself where, where I was at was never good enough. Um, When I graduated from college, I was the first person on my dad's side of the family to graduate from college um, ever. And my dad came to take me out for dinner, which was a big deal because I don't have a close relationship with my father. But um, I told him and I remember telling him, we're not going to celebrate now. Like this was just, this is just a step. My goal is to get a job. And I need a good job and I'm not going to settle for anything less. And consequently, I moved into this entrepreneurial, um, you might call it a void for a while, (laughs) because it was just what I was supposed to do until I found that job. And 30 years later, (laughs) still an entrepreneur, never really had that job. And I'm absolutely clear of a few things. One, I need to celebrate where I'm at every single day. And, um, and it matters all of those little steps 
are usually not little steps. We, um, it, my team, we do a celebration TGIF every single Friday and everybody can come. It's not required. The team will tell you that it's the best part of the whole week. Um, it's 15 to 20 minutes long and it is each person sharing what they're celebrating. And we did that celebration before our call today. And it, it's just so invigorating and it's so wonderful to see what each person is celebrating. And maybe it's the sun is coming out. Maybe it is, you know, I've, I've gotten into a routine even though life has felt like it's slammed us down this last few weeks. Um, but I finally feel like I'm starting to figure it out and it will be okay, even though I don't know what it will look like. Um, and maybe it's a, we finally completed this project that has been, that is 10 times bigger than we thought it was and awful. We never would have taken it if we'd known what it looked like, but we did and, and it's finally done. So it, it matters on so many different levels. I used to have this, a uh, one-page business plan that I would walk entrepreneurs through. And it was really just your mission, your market, your message, um, your values, your top three strategies, your top three goals. And then it wrapped up across the bottom and around the sides with how you're going to celebrate every single day. And as these milestones are accomplished, but it definitely outlined how you're going to celebrate right now. What does that look like? Because I think we're so driven that we forget to stop and do that. And we don't realize how important it is. Yeah, that's good. And you just brought up something that kind of made me trigger. And I'm actually writing down some of these quotes as you say them, because they're really good. Part of your lifestyle is remote. You are obviously remote. I, I doubt you have your team with you right there. And remote is, I, I, this is going to be a given with everything that's occurring, going to be more, I've been working remote all my career. I, it seems as if you have some also, but what can you tell some of the people that might be listening in that are not used to that? They are either running their own business or maybe they're employees that are all of a sudden having to do what they do from home. Because I think you've got some wisdom in that area. Share some of that with us. And I just like, I'd like to add one more perspective to those scenarios. And that is the, you're an entrepreneur working from home and now your whole family is there with you. <laughs> and, and distractions and you've got... And you're not used to it, and you know you're you're dressed from the waist up, and we all look awesome from the uh, <laughs> uh, whatever. <I'm> not... <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, so <laughs> so there's so I mean, so yeah, much truth to all of this. So what I would like to say is that if you are struggling at all with any of these scenarios or something, you know, that's relatable but different, um, there's there's four different. There's four different things that you need to take into consideration and all of them need to be supporting how you do what you do. Um, the first one is technology. We've got to have the right technology. We've got to have the right, wherever we, we are, and we need to know what that is. Um, here in Ireland, I moved kind of backwards from what I was used to because 
Remember in the days where the bandwidth was so slow and everybody would get home from school and work and then it would just like, you couldn't do anything anymore. Well, yes. it's still like that right here. <laughs> so uh, at least it was before everybody got stuck at home. Um, now it's just kind of all day and whatever. But know what, what your strengths are. Your bandwidth is super important. Um, being able, we are human beings. And I think that we have in this virtual world technology, like the last 20 years, our lives look so different. I mean, we've lived through this pandemic and we're connected to people around the world. It wasn't that many years ago that we wouldn't even hardly know. We'd be waiting for the news to tell us something. And my team is located geographically all around the world. We are 100% um, virtual, except when we do team meetings and come together or a couple of my girls are digital nomads and they'll hop around from office to office visiting the different other team members around the world and they'll get to work together. So sometimes that happens, but um, you need to know what, what you've got for resources. So make sure technology is working for you. You've got a good computer, you've got good um, <clears throat> bandwidth, you've got face-to-face -face interaction, even though we're not in the same room. This is underrated and arguably the most important thing we can do. You might be listening to this audio podcast, but the fact that we get to exchange this energy and see each other nodding our heads and stuff, this is important. And it is more important today than ever before because we have so much technology around us that is not connecting us. Don't think that being on social media is helping you stay connected. It's not. You need to pick up the phone and have a conversation. You need to use those video functionalities of the technology you've got and stay connected. So that is super important. The next thing is your environment. If you're struggling at all, create an environment that works for you and make it be like you go to work. So um, you want to make sure that you've got dedicated space. Do not be trying to work from your bed or your couch. And if your family is in the kitchen the whole time, that also might not be the best place for you right now, even if that's your normal place to work. Yeah. I've always had dedicated space. And I will also, also, over the years, have been off and on with an actual office, even though I'm mostly virtual. Because the act of going to work is super important in my body needs to be able to go to work and then leave work. I struggle still every single day with turning it off. Um, and so that's another thing that having dedicated space means you can physically move from one place to another and then you've left work, even if it is just three feet away. So make sure your environment is set up for success and then um, make sure you, if you've got more than just yourself working, you need business systems in place. You need processes that are documented that can be shared with the other people on the team. That is crucial so that your team can succeed. You can't be standing over them, nor is it fair to them. And it's not really what you want to be doing anyhow. So document those systems. And then lastly, it's about self-management, emotional intelligence, and attitude. Um, today, a lot of us are struggling with attitude. We're having 
lots of fear and anxiety and overwhelm, and it's bleeding into other areas. Um, I'm really seeing a lot of leaders struggle right now because how it looked a couple weeks ago is different than it looks now and we don't know what it will look like later. Um, and our people are depending on us for that. So, so do your best to do good self-management. Um, get grounded as often as you can, however that looks like for you. And, um, and if you're not good with self-management, which I'm just going to raise my hand here, I am not somebody who is the best at managing myself. That means that my life um, has a lot of structure to it. So I get up at the same time every single day. I get dressed to go to work. I end my day by changing my clothes. Like there's physical things that I do. Um, I take breaks. Um, I, I schedule those breaks into my life. So I've got that stop start in that structure that I require because I'm lacking in, I can manage you really well and I can tell you what to do throughout the day and hold you accountable to that. I don't do that as well for myself. So I have yeah. to have a lot more structure. So if you are somebody that struggles with, or with um, managing those self-management skills and just add more structure and that kind of compensates. We actually, we, we've dealt with that. We have primarily been entrepreneurs, business owners, most of our married life, Gloria and I have been, and yeah. we have this discussion fairly often of when to turn it off, when to turn it on. And, and, and those are, those are some struggles that many people will deal with that are moving to this remote, remote work, work life. You know, one of the things you brought up that just gives me great joy, and I started doing it a few years ago, so maybe I was a little bit ahead of my time, I don't know, but because I'm a coach, many people would want to just get on a phone call. But I have insisted doing video calls for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. Part of it was I love to look into people's eyes. I love to see, you know, I love to yeah. see Mary Pat sitting here and see your smile. And, 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 and I love that interaction. It gives energy, I think. And, and I think we're in a time that that's going to be very important, especially time when isolation and this word social yeah. distancing, which you know, what, what is that word? This like a new word. And, and so as we see that, it's going to be interesting that we're able to see people face to face in some way, instead of just, you know, a phone call or text. And I, yeah. I enjoy that greatly. But the big thing you mentioned is when to shut it off and when to, when to, you know, one of the things you mentioned that we're seeing is when we were out and about the other day, we I used the term PTSD that it it appeared as if people were walking around with a little bit of post-traumatic shock. Anyway, whatever stress, that stands for. Yeah. Yes, yeah, stress. And and our son, who actually is in business with us, working with us now, you brought up that earlier, and he lives in an RV, by the way. Um, he said, he goes, no, it's not post, it's mid. Yeah. And I went, that is very wise because people, we, we don't necessarily see the end of what we're in, but, but we do see some things we're going to have to change. And I think lifestyle and remote, thank you so much for sharing that. And I know you've got, and I, I will say just to, to be, you know, I, I'm saying all of these things as if I'm the expert in all of this. I do not feel like the expert. 
I know I'm perceived as the expert here and I'm doing it. I don't feel like the expert. And, um, and I've really struggled for the shutting it off. I mean, last night I was working, I, w I had dinner at 1115. My daughter came into the kitchen and said, what are you doing? And I went, I'm heating up my dinner. And she looked at me and ran <laughs> like, okay, I'm not talking to mom. <laughs> yeah. It was 1115 at night. Um, and in the past, you know, I, for a long while, I would break open a glass of wine. I'm not going to work while I'm having wine. And then I started noticing I mean, I, I wouldn't call myself an al alcoholic, but I come from a line of alcohol. I mean, we're Irish, so there's alcoholism <laughs> so there's <that. laughs> everywhere. And I found myself drinking wine and then drinking more wine. And I was like, this is too slippery a road for me. I don't need to be on this, but I also don't know how to shift because I'm bad with boundaries. So, yeah. I mean, I'm good with a boundary if I've got a drink in my hand. I can't talk to you because, about work because I'm drinking. So you can't depend on me. <laughs> right, right. And, but if I don't have that, what's my excuse to say no? Yeah, it's just almost like a demarcation point when you get the wine or, or, or the whiskey or the scotch or whatever it might be. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up something earlier, though, and I, I, I'm wanting to move us towards leadership. But th there's something here that I think is important. You mentioned earlier that you don't believe you're an expert. And, and a question that I have, and, and I, I think this is a very important question for all of us to be asking right now. Are we really experts at anything in these times that we're in? Do you feel that you have experts? I mean, we're going to use our skills. We're going to pull from our experience that we don't really have experience in the the times that we're in but i mean is that a is that a negative way of looking at it that there are no experts right now no i think it's absolutely true i think relevant to we've never been through a worldwide pandemic experiencing it together we've never linked arms around the whole entire globe and tried to flatten a curve Right. We've never, that's never been done before. Right. Um, so how can we know when you're looking at first time experiences, naturally you will have anxiety, fear, and other things will come up because your brain is trying to make a story is trying to make sense out of it. And how you, how you make sense is by leaning on past experience or other people's experiences. And we don't have that right now. So yeah. you're seeing um, people falling apart and struggling. You're seeing people scramble to get control of some aspect of their life that doesn't even relate to, I have finally figured out the toilet paper situation. Oh, share I, it. We need this. We need this. Let me well, stop, stop well, everything. <laughs> If you've stocked up on toilet paper, which we did not have that situation here in the in Ireland because it only took a second for the stores to immediately say you're only allowed one roll per person. Like that happened on the first day, I think. So, but I realized that even with my limited supply of running to the market in the village and sneaking in, you know, with covered everything to get my daily 
fruits and vegetables and, you know, bread and eggs that um, my stock of toilet paper is now requiring me to go outside of my village. And it, and, but it's been three weeks. I was able to go three weeks. <laughs> so you so hoarded. I'm like, are you a, saying that you hoarded? No, 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 there is no hoarding. Um, because we don't have the space. My refrigerator oh, is just a little <laughs> bit bigger than uh, a college room refrigerator. Like we don't do big American sized fridges. Maybe Mary Pat, the the you're, you're, you're on the line with someone who lives in an RV and this is our home and everything we own is within this 400 square feet. So, yeah. so you, I understand. I have more space than you. You probably do, but, but maybe we, not more toilet paper. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. You're correct. It's, it's interesting. Yesterday we, we, we went out, even though we're sort of in lockdown where we currently are and got, you know, the essentials. It's interesting what is essential now. I, I, yeah. to me, Starbucks is not necessarily essential, but yet they're able to remain open. Liquor stores are open, which may be so, and you know, it's a, and we don't have that here. So, um, so yeah. So and we, with all of this, you know, we, we talked about people, um, falling apart and, and freaking out with all of this. And I want to point out that, um, I noticed this with my daughters. Um, one of them works in a psych hospital in Kirkland, Washington. I say mm. that because we know that they've had a hard time <laughs> in recent months. And so there's a lot of, you'll, you might say, freak out over there. My, another daughter lives outside of San Francisco. Again, another hard hit um, community. And and both of them have really good jobs. Both of them are really great leaders. And both of them in the last week have come to me because their bosses are freaking out. They are not acting like leaders. They are um, falling apart. They're complaining there. And then they get their whole entire team spinning right? The amount of energy that everybody is spent trying to figure out we've made a plan, but now something happened and we need to adjust the plan or we just need to do it differently. And they've both come to me and said, what do I do? Like, I'm tired of dealing with this person. Um, I am trained by Brene Brown with her dare to lead training. And so, um, and one of my daughters has gone through that training with me. So she came to me and said, mom, I need to rumble with my boss. What do I do? I just need a little support on how to rumble. And we talked and, and she quickly led into like the whole team is back channeling and they're coming to me and talking to me and she's 26 years old. <laughs> like she's not the boss, <laughs> but she naturally has that gift. And so people are coming to her and she said, they're talking about doing a leader intervention. I'm like, Oh, that sounds awful for so many reasons. And, um, and, and we, we got through the conversation, but at the end of it for both of my daughters, I said, you need, you need a couple things. You need to be kind don't forget that just because this person is freaking out, this person's still a human. Like why you think your boss is above 
everything that's happening in the world and what's nobody is above it. We're all feeling it, which means that we're all going to have moments where we're not good bosses. And so remember they're human and then be kind. Don't forget to be kind. Yeah. Yeah. What you're bringing up is that was actually a topic I really wanted us to address. And that is the area of leadership because it is very obvious to me when I'm doing research and, and background, you've because your your list of accomplishments, I actually have a list of some of them here. Restaurant, radio, retail, nonprofit, speaking, author, and you actually have a much longer list than that. I, I remember, let me see, I was I was a few years out of Georgia Tech and I had been working corporate, but I was bouncing around within the corporate world. And my mother said something to me. She said something to the effect of, when are you going to find something that you can do and stick with it? And so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, did, did anyone ever say that to you while you were going through this process? You know, um, what I've heard more than that is um, something similar, but different was, you know, you really deserve to have some peace of mind and, um, and a stable income. So you should just go get a job. Just settle, settle and go ahead and get a job, right? Just go. It'll, it'll really serve you. You deserve it. You deserve to have mm. a job. Like, yes. Oh, that's like where, cutting me out where of the and had you listened to that advice, which those are probably people that love you and don't want to see a struggle. Exactly. And, but exactly. where would you be today with what we're seeing going on? If well, that... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in Galway and I might not even have a job today. Um, and I can't picture my happiness that way. Now, to be fair, I've run on some really hard times, 30 years of entrepreneurial involvement without traditional corporate careers makes you unemployable. And so in my hardest times, I wasn't able to get a job. And I'm grateful, but it was rough. I wasn't able to get social services either <laughs> because I didn't qualify even though I needed them arguably more than most people on social services. So, um, so you win some, you lose some, you know, I, I try not to spend too much time looking at that because it, it doesn't make any sense to go in the middle of all that. It's, it's really mucky. <laughs> right. And I wouldn't yeah. be here and I'm happy here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and listen, there's there's a good likelihood that if you were in that place, you wouldn't have that position with what's yeah. happening today. So what is the coolest thing you've ever done? Of the list of all the things you've done, what is the thing you go, wow, you know what, if I could maybe do that a little longer and just be prepared because I'm going to ask you the thing that you absolutely will never go back and do again also. <laughs> well... Aside from, I mean, there's a couple different ways you can take that. Um, aside from my move to, to Ireland, uh, which has afforded me the ability to travel around Europe. Um, I mean, vacationing instead of driving to Moab, which is fabulous and everybody should do it. Um, I'm 
I flew to Alicante, Spain last month um, for the weekend on a dime because when you're here, and, and I am a European citizen as well as a US citizen, so I, I have some benefits. So um, you said, you know, that you could make last longer. Well, I'm making it last longer. <laughs> but the other thing that I think I'm most proud of is the fact that somehow, even though almost always I felt like I didn't know what I was doing would be the parenting of my kids, my girls are really cool and they're smart. And most of the time I'm really proud of them. <laughs> um, well, that's not true. I am really proud of them all the time. They're amazing yeah. and motivated and love sharing their gifts with the world. And, and I'm grateful for technology because we talk almost every single day. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's real good. So, well, all right, I've got a, a couple of things that I, I that could actually go in different directions that I want to bring up. We've talked a little bit about the the new normal that we see people moving into. And mm -hmm. I know that you are are so good at preparing people with a lot of skills. And we talked leadership and I actually had leadership as a separate topic, but it might spill into this with the stories you just told about your daughter and 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 the leader that she's working with. But what are some of the skills that that you see people will absolutely need moving into the times we're moving into, kind of in this new normal, and and encourage people, I guess, as you as you tell us what they are. Mm. I think the greatest one, especially going back to our future of these younger leaders. And we're seeing that around the world, our political leaders are getting younger. Um, corporate leaders are getting younger. That, and quite frankly, I guess they're growing up, but they still seem like there are kids that are becoming leaders, right? Um, not that that makes us old or anything, but I think- Mature, really the word's mature. You keep saying older, we're mature. I know, mature. I don't know that I like that one either. Um, unless you're, you're wine, whiskey, or cheese. Um, and then cheese is very dependent on the kind of cheese it is. Um, but I think that one of these, the skills that in the last, since our generation were kids, um, because we grew up more on the street in suburbia and such, but running around and coming in when the streetlights came on, right? Um, everybody kind of disappeared at the same time to go home and eat dinner. And that scenario is hard to find. It still exists a little bit here and there, but it, it's harder to find. Um, but consequently, when you, we were out there, we'd fall down and you'd get back up you wouldn't run home every single time. And that dynamic changed when um, we had two parents having to work to support the family and you had latchkey kids. And I, I was all of that. Like I was the, the kid in that generation and then I was the mom who had the latchkey kids and would call my kids as soon as they got home or they would call me. And because of that, we haven't given our children as much experience on how to fail. 
And I think that failing is arguably the most important skill you can have. Um, and I think as we go forward, and I say this to my team all the time during our onboarding and our onboarding last three to six months, because of the virtual time frame, things do take longer to get up to speed. Um, but our goal is to help you fail fast and fail forward. And over and over again, how many times can you fail at something new and learn from it and be clear about what that is? Because the more you can do that, the faster you can get up to speed and, and your confidence is directly related to that. Like you feel good when you've been able to fall and get up and then do it good again. Yeah. The challenge too, I, I, my observation is because we've got some generations now that have not really failed, failed. Mm -hmm. that as a society and a culture, we don't understand it. And we may, I'm hopeful that it's not really bad, but we may get the opportunity to see what that looks like mm -hmm. in, in this world we're moving into. So, but how do we do that? How do you let your people fail? How do you allow them to fail fast? Because we really yeah. do want people to live a comfortable life. We really do in our first world societies. I'm sure Ireland's this way. It is in way in the States. We've been to Australia, New Zealand is there is a high desire for everyone to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, and failing is not comfortable <laughs> and, and none of us are setting out to fail. Um, and, and that is true. Um, and it's, it's especially true if you're the new one on the team and you're looking around. So first off, we talk about it a lot. Um, we, we talk about it openly. We, we do try to package your um, failures with um, really featuring some of the things that went well. So if there's a fail, like how did you get to that fail? Um, because let's find the good things in that that we can make more of. And let's be really clear about why it didn't work. Um, and the faster we can do that, um, the the faster we can get through all of that. And it's super important. Um, and then we just have to let people fail. Um, you have to let somebody go off and do something. And then sometimes you'll be surprised that, wow, I didn't see that success coming, <laughs> but they made it happen. And they did what they needed to do. And I'll be honest, I, I've got an experience with one of my ladies this week and she's been so scared of failing and, and she's not in the best place because we hired her and her manager who um, found her and then said, you need to hire her. Um, three weeks later, took a two week vacation. So that was a struggle. And while she was on vacation, she decided to quit, so she never came back. So this girl never got her proper training. She never got the information, uh, mm -hmm. was able to develop the skills that she needed to succeed, and the person who had all the keys kind of locked the door and left them behind. Wow. So it's been rough for all of us, and 
And this week I had a different project and I finally told her, I said, you know what, do what you think you need to do. You know, like this job is yours and I just don't have it to give right now. So if you've got questions, you're going to have to figure out something else to do. And about three hours later, after my own internal anxiety attack of what am I going to have to fix now because I don't have time to deal with it, I started looking at the message thread and she does customer support for us. I'm like, not the way I would have handled it. And it's totally working, totally working. Yeah. So you allowed it, you know, when you, when you were talking about allowing people to struggle and fail, first thing that popped into my mind, I shared with you were first time grandparents and our daughter is, let me see, how old are we at the time of recording here? Maybe seven weeks old is the, is our grandchild. And, and we're noticing, you know, laying on their tummy, they call it tummy time, which I never knew was a thing, but she's pushing up and struggling to do that turnover. And I'm watching it. We got a little video of it and I'm watching this with my wife. And I asked my wife, I said, how do we allow adults to do that same struggle without trying to reach in and help them turn over themselves? Well, what you do is you celebrate every step of the way. You celebrate all of those minute successes and you find them. So instead of focusing on that it didn't work, and I'm not saying skip over the fact that it didn't work. Like you have to get things working. It needs to be a well-oiled machine. Um, And to get there faster, you got to find like, where to put in the lube oil um, and what are those moments and, and celebrate what you can celebrate all of it. Sure. And part of that's the process we were talking about earlier. You know, it's not a destination we're going to get to. Part of the process is, is learning how to flip over, learning how to make those mistakes. And then as leaders, I love what you just said. It shows great humility. You know, you looked at the thread, you were doing your checkup and you said, Hmm, not the way I would have done it but it's working. And cool. that's something that's difficult for us. I, I want to shift to something that just was so enjoyable for me to read when I was, when I was studying your, some of your background. And it actually is something that you call, I think it's your value proposition. And it's when in some of the information you sent over to us, and I'm going to read a sentence or two from it. And then I'm going to go ahead and prep you. I'm going to ask you about three, three things related to it. Cause I said, my comment on my notes was, wow. I wrote down the words confidence with a question mark, humility with a question mark and braveness. Okay. So with those paradigms in place, this is a portion of your value proposition. I am a charismatic entrepreneur, business owner, and leader who specializes in helping business professionals create strategic decisions that lead to growth, both personally and professionally. In both instances, it's essential to have someone in your corner who has been there. Moreover, I have. Trust me. Now, there's more to it, but it kind of goes along those same lines. And so the first three words I wrote, first was, wow. And then I wanted to ask you about the confidence that someone has to have to make a statement like that. (laughs) The truth? Yes. 
you've got to have people around you that see that for you. Yeah, that's not just me. I'm like, wow, no way did I say well, that? <laughs> well, well, the, the, fo- the follow-up to it, the follow-up to it is a word that's humility. And what you just said shows the humility. But as we've been kind of talking about this, this new normal, we, I, I think that we're going to have to have people that can boldly say what you just said in that value proposition. Don't you think? I do. I do. So own it. I, I, I mean, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I do need to own that. And I am not. And actually when you get me in, like, I can tell you that what we need in the, in the very near future, like, today is agility. Um, we need uh, confidence. We need to, we need leaders who can go forward and bring a team forward when they don't know where they're going or what's on the other side, because we don't have a choice anymore. This is the pace. And I knew this was coming like this because with technology and global, I mean, technology, you can prepare for something that changes in five minutes. Like it's changing faster than you can think of it. And in order to be successful, you have to be able to not manage it or slow it down. I mean, sometimes you do have to slow it down. Clearly we're in a time where we've got to figure out how to slow it down. Um, but you've got to be able to do it even though you can't see the end. And you've got to help. So things that, skills that need, that are so needed, is if you're able to inspire a team of people, then, then, then you've got a place that you need to go. And you need to be able to inspire, you need to be able to hold a vision, you need to be able to manage that team connectivity because it's exponentially better than anyone can do on their own. Yeah, All of is, these are so important. That is so good. And the last three to four minutes is what I want to bottle up because what you did, boy, you just, you sat up in your chair and you, <laughs> you told us what we need to hear. We need to be courageous. We need to be brave. And I actually did an episode real quickly a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that I was just saying that, that, that we will see is a new brand of leadership and we need it. I mean, we could, we, uh, this is not political, but we could look at the politics. We could look at our leaders and in really in business and, and, and government. And we need people that speak like you just spoke. And I thank you for that with courage, bravery. And, and I really do think that we will see people that have been preparing for years and listen, I know you've done things and we've done things and people listening, but there will be an elevation that will occur with people that have prepared for a time such as this and, and, and it's may not be fun, but it'll be required. So I'm excited for it. Thank you for sharing that. That was really cool. I'm glad I asked that question. (laughs) 
Me too, because I didn't see that coming, but you're right. <laughs> yes. All right. I, I, well, there are so many things we could discuss, but I, I'm watching my time also. And mm -hmm. there was one statement that I saw. You can tell I like to do some research here. And I'm going to ask you about this, and then, and then we'll begin wrapping up with a few quick questions. But there was a statement that said that you had interest in old homes, wine, and imagination. And I put a question mark to that, and I said, all right, first of all, I can almost see a book or a TV show or a something with those titles. Tell me what, what that meant when you, when you wrote that down. Um, well, in trying to look at who I really am and what matters to me, um, I feel like I've got kind of a classic, I mean, I don't know if, if you are looking at the video here or the Facebook live or whatever, this fireplace right behind, most of the time this fire is going and it's a real fire. It's not a gas fire because I live in the West of Ireland. <laughs> And let's be real, until 40 years ago, they didn't have inside plumbing for the most part, okay? <laughs> so there, this isn't America. And this fire is a necessary component. It has a back boiler, which heats half the house. So this is our house. It's probably more classic than I really need to be. <laughs> but I'm comfortable here. And, and as I look at the different homes I've lived in. I've lived in brand new homes. I've built my own custom homes over the years. I've lived in old, old homes. Um, I think I lived in a house once that may or may not have also, we shared it with a ghost in the basement. A haunted like it house. Was, wow. It was, it was a very nice woman who lived in that room and, um, and let us know she was there. And I mean, I've never felt scared or anything, but I just, I, I like to embrace the, I don't know, they, for me, they feel like the good things in life and, and not everybody's there. My brother and my father, they are the opposite. Like they want the most brand new everything, but my really awful Formica countertips, which were countertops, which were super hip in probably 1972. That are still in my kitchen. <laughs> it's not my priority to fix those, right? I've got other priorities. And that's why I start to look at what are my priorities? My priority is being able to take a weekend in, in the south of Spain or, um, or go to Turkey. That is since I've lived here become on my list of places to go because there's so much there. It's rich, rich history and, and people and warmth and and not in the climate but in the people to to yeah. see the different people around the world i don't know i feel like i'm rambling now i'm not no, sure that answered that, any no question. so I, I think what it says is what's important to you and and every one of us have to really identify it and it was important to you that you actually wrote that down. So that was really cool. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Well, we and could... I want to also emphasize that like I have, there's all, when you're trying to write down what's important to you, it looks like things, but for me, it's not the things, it's the experiences. It's the, it's not the wine. It's not the sofa. 
it's the richness of what happens when you're with people you care or people you don't even know yeah. on in those moments where you're sharing a, a glass of wine or sitting next to a fire. It's, it's the whole, it's not one thing. It's not things. Yeah. It's that, it's, it's all that's going on in that moment. That's incredible. Yeah. So I, I have a, the question I have for you as we begin wrapping up is who's your, in your business, who's your ideal client? Who's, who's those people that you work with? And then I'm going to ask you to ask how people can connect with you if they may have interest in that. And we'll include those mm-hmm. in the notes. My, my um, ideal client is a business owner who's running a, a larger small business, maybe 30 to 100 employees somewhere in there and but you're still having to run the business and you don't have a marketing department um or maybe you've got one person that's doing it Uh, you don't really understand the difference between marketing and it because they're all computer and clouds um and so that's what my um I i have an agency that i've had for 20 years strategic results and i do uh leadership training as well I love working with these business owners because they've been doing their business for maybe 20 years, maybe 30 years. And they're either looking at, you know, I need to step up and create a legacy, which we talked about, or do some sort of an exit strategy. Um, But mostly just be able to have a life for the rest of my, you know, 10 or 20 years that I'm running this business. And that's super important to my ideal client is to be able to balance that life with business and, um, and have the lifestyle and streamline processes and also get their business that they've worked so hard at to a level where it can be passed on to either somebody in their life, somebody that buys it, whatever that might look like. Um, so that's good. How how can people, how can people get, get to you and and connect with you? Uh, the best way is going to be marypatspeaks.com. That will give you access to who I am, what I do. And also there will be somewhere, there's somewhere on there for strategic results. So if that's what you're looking for, you can find that too. Great. We'll include that down in the notes. What's next for you, Mary Pat, either big picture or I always joke tell for you, dinner. <laughs> next. So um, big picture is, I think, what I talked about at the beginning. Like I am all about this next generation of leaders because I feel like I can speak to them. I really appreciate the millennials. Um, I think they need to be appreciated. They are a product of us. So how we can fault them when we raise them to be who they are but they've got amazing spunk and tenacity and they're getting out there to make a difference and they don't have all the skills that they need. So I want to help them get their skills. So that's the big picture. The short term is I'm in Galway and it is sunny blue skies right now for about another hour and a half. So I am literally going to get my dog and we're going to go walk to the beach Excellent. and practice social distancing on that beach. Yes. You and your dog social distance. Well, that's exciting. I know it's kind of sunny here in Colorado where I'm at. So that's, I love getting out in the sun. I think that's a good medicine for all of us. The yeah. The podcast is titled Seek, Go, Create. 
And those are three words. They mean quite a bit. But which one of those words jumps out at you and why is our last question here? It's about go. Go. Go for it. Go do it. Go to it. Go. And if you don't know where you're going, go. Just you'll figure it out along the way. Or maybe you'll just have an amazing experience along the way. Yes, that you should have in the first place if you went. Mary Pat, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. I appreciate it. it is, it's been a blessing for me just to have the conversation and reconnect. And I know that people listening in will agree with that. For those listening, I do hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. I do have a big favor to ask of you. Please subscribe if you're not already subscribed. That will connect you with us so that you don't miss any of the episodes. Typically, we release episodes every Monday. However, we now have been known to release extra bonus episodes on Thursdays. Thank you again for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you on the Seek, Go, Create podcast in the near future.